Hi there, my name is Barbara Pyle. You might know me as the mother of Captain Planet. And I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 159 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and, of course, we're going to let you in on what's coming your way as far as TV and movie DVD releases and our interview segment, which is going to bring you somebody from the TV, movie, or music industry and have them tell you their story. And this week on On Screen and Beyond... Joining us will be the executive producer and co-creator of Captain Planet and the Planeteers, which is coming to DVD on April 19th, and that's coming your way from Shout Factory. Be sure to check that out. They did a great job with the uh, packaging and the extras and all that stuff on the DVD. It's a great DVD. Check it out. And Barbara Pyle is going to be here. She's going to be joining us in a few minutes, so I hope you're going to stick around for that. And this week, we check out what's coming your way for this summer in theaters in our summer movie preview. And uh, that's going to be something to find out what's coming your way as far as blockbuster movies or what might not be a blockbuster. Who knows? Anyways, and I also want to let you know, uh, I want to thank all of you who join us each week here at On Screen and Beyond because uh, we have reached a milestone. We are now over... A half a million listeners who join us and our guests, of course, to hear them tell their stories. And each week and every month, we just keep getting more and more and more listeners. And uh, I want to thank you for doing that. And uh, it's up to you. It's, you know, you're the ones who listen. If you don't want to listen, well, we wouldn't have the listeners. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, I want to thank you for doing that. And, of course, I want to thank all the the stars who have been on the show and be willing to come on here and share their stories with us. So I want to thank you all for that. And uh, we're going to keep trying to bring you more and more people who uh, you're interested in. And i got to tell you this one. This is, this is something that's coming up. Ruth Buzzy from Laugh-In is going to be a guest on the show in a few weeks. Ruth is a wonderful person, and you know I'm just so glad that she agreed to be on the show. So she's going to be coming up. So I hope you're going to stick around for that one. And uh, let's see. It's time to check out our summer movie preview next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, it's our summer movie preview, and we still have Remake Madness coming your way. That's right. We have some remakes coming our way this summer, so let's see. The first one, The Smurfs, are going to be remade to the big screen on August 3rd. You can catch that one. And Fright Night, which was a great movie, I love that one, uh, is being remade. It takes about out of theatergoers on August 19th. And also on August 19th, you can look for the remake of Conan the Barbarian. That's it for Remake Madness as far as uh, the summer movie preview. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, a look at upcoming movies that are not remakes and not sequels. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. 
Summer movie preview. Well, upcoming movies, Owen Wilson and Rachel McAdams will star in a romantic comedy on May 20th called Midnight in Paris. And Steven Spielberg makes a big jump back into the theaters with a Super 8 movie. It uh, arrives on June 10th. And Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz and uh, Justin Timberlake comes our way on June 17th. And another great one, Cowboys and Aliens, comes our way on July 29th from director John Favreau of uh, a lot of movies he's done, of course, Iron Man being one of them. And it stars Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. That's it for upcoming movies this summer on the Summer Movie Preview. Next on On Screen and Beyond, a look at what's coming away this summer as far as sequels. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. The Summer Movie Preview and Sequel City match up on May 20th. Johnny Depp returns as Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. And on May 26th, two sequels come your way in theaters. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 2 returns with Jack Black, Angelina Jolie, Dustin Hoffman, Jackie Chan and Seth Rogen, and also The Hangover 2 with Bradley Cooper lands in theaters as the gang goes to Bangkok. On June 3rd, you can catch X-Men First Class. It's a sequel. It hits theaters as they continue the story of the X-Men. And on June 24th, Cars 2 comes your way, courtesy of Pixar. And on July 1st, Transformers Dark of the Moon with Shia LaBeouf. And on July 15th, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 arrives in the final chapter of the Harry Potter story. And on August 19th, Spy Kids 4, All the Time in the World, hits theaters with Jessica Biel and the original cast of Antonio Bendares and Daryl Sabara. And as far as comic book movies coming your way, it looks like Thor with Chris Hemsworth in the starring role, along with Natalie Portman and Anthony Hopkins strikes on May 6th. And Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern hits theaters on June 17th. And Captain America, the first Avenger, lands in theaters on July 22nd. That's it for our summer movie preview. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, well, Captain Planet and the Planeteers is coming to DVD on April 19th from Shout Factory. We have the executive producer and co-creator of the show, Barbara Pyle, joining us in just a minute right here next on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is a five-time Emmy-nominated filmmaker who has spent her life helping people to be more environmentally aware. She was the executive producer of the eco-friendly cartoon Captain Planet and the Planeteers, which is now out on DVD. It's Barbara Pyle. Barbara, it's an honor to have you here on On Screen and Beyond. It's wonderful to be here with you. You know, I think of all the things that you have done in your life and all the people you have met and all the countries you've gone to and all the environmental issues you've dealt with. And, and here I am talking to you about Captain Planet. At first, it's like it's a cartoon, but that cartoon raised a generation of kids and people who are now adults who are much more aware of the environment than they would have been. And that's not really a small thing. It's amazing. Uh, I, this was our, it was our intention to create an environmental, environmentally literate generation of young people, but to actually see them now grown up and to know them uh, and to be meeting them every day, it's an amazing thing that's happened is they're starting to band together and they've created a planetary movement 
Mm-hmm. It's worldwide, and yes. we just passed 414,000 members on Facebook. It's astonishing. And in person, these young people, you know, it's age 22 to 32, and some even younger, and some even older, yeah. um, have a different kind of an awareness of the environment and the relationship to social issues. I mean, basically the interconnectedness of the planet than, say, most generations, if not all generations. Right, right, yeah. But, but uh, you know, it's still it's amazing because I was talking with some people at work uh, just a little while ago, and, uh, you know, I was saying who my next guest was going to be, and I was just telling them that you were going to be the guest, and I mentioned Captain Planet. And uh, uh, some of the people, you know, the older ones said, well, I really don't know who Captain Planet is. And then one of the other person who's, you know, a little younger, he says, oh, yeah, I grew up with that show. <laughs> They did. Yes. It's really amazing. And um, to see what they're doing now uh, is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, they range. They, they all have an environmental consciousness, but they come from all walks of life. I mean, they, they're, they're in every country, and they are everything from entrepreneurs to artists to farmers, movie producers, waiters, waitresses, cooks, doctors, nurses, firemen. I mean, they're everywhere. It's astonishing when you peel back the layers of the onion. Where you find planeteers? Yeah. Now, when you, you earlier you said that you weren't didn't set out to do that. Uh, I didn't believe it would happen. Ah, I see. Okay. Uh, it was definitely the intention to create an, a generation of environmentally literate young people. Mm-hmm. But to actually see it, to see that it's so much more than that, that they actually self-ID as planeteers. I carry a bag around. I now call it the magic bag, and it's just a canvas bag with Captain Planet on it. I guess the phenomena really started happening about two years ago. People would say, where did you get the bag? And I would tell them my rights to this bag. <laughs> and uh, they would start tweeting or texting. And before you knew it, I would be surrounded by more 22, 25-year-olds. And enough of them identified themselves to me as planeteers with a straight face mm-hmm. that after a while I started to believe them. Yeah. And I put them on a conference call together, five of them, the, the precise number. And um, before you knew it, uh, within two weeks, they had a website launched that's uh, been visited by over 150 countries, people from over 150 countries. Uh, it's brand new, and people are visiting it. It's, I don't know. It's a, we've had over 200,000 visits to this website. Wow. But the Facebook phenomena is the most amazing thing, watching that just grow at about 25,000 people a month. With no ads, no promotion, no nothing. Yeah. Geez. So all these planeteers out there are—it's the people with a common worldview. Mm-hmm. And to see them meet each other, or, you know, we have all these different events. We have planeteer meetups, oh. and to see people that are not re- not connected in any other way, except they all saw Captain Planet, and to see them just instantly resonate with each other is amazingly uh, rewarding. I'd have to say. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, like like I was saying, you know, when you think of it. In the basics, it's a cartoon, but it had a big, huge effect on people. Uh, the reason it did, and I, let me explain. One of the reasons it makes it so different is that I have spent my life traveling around the world making documentary films. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, many of, probably maybe 40% of the episodes in Captain Planet, unless they're just a fantasy episode or a futuristic episode or an episode on another planet or an episode that, like, takes place in somebody's body, you know, fighting parasites inside of Kwame's blood. Mm-hmm. And those are those, you know, the, the various sort of non-realistic episodes. But when you get to the realistic episodes, 
those episodes are spins on experiences that we really had. And the people in those episodes are real people, and the cultures and the locations where the episodes take place, the eco-adventures take place, are absolutely correct down to the mannerisms of the people, to the dialect of the people, to the way they talk, to the way the region looks. We based it on our documentaries, and that's, I believe, one of the reasons that Captain Planet resonates so wonderfully with people all over the world. Yeah. Now, can you take us back to how the beginning started? How did you get involved with Captain Planet, and how did Captain Planet evolve? Sure. Um, I met Ted Turner at the America's Cup in 1980, and he had started CNN, and I was the only television person that was in Newport. I had sort of taken the summer off. I was also a marine photographer at the time, shooting Rolex ads and so forth, and... Uh, covering the America's Cup for Time magazine, more really as a vacation than anything else. And um, a report came out in July of 1980. And Ted Turner and I both received the report on the same day, and we both had it on the dock. It, the report was called the Global 2000 Report to the President. And it took all the current environmental trends and projected them from 1980 to the year 2000, and it was a dastardly scenario. Uh, a third more deforestation, more polluted rivers, population up by two billion, and so on and so forth. And it, the preface to this study is ended with a sentence that's uh, you know paraphrase, but it was a pretty scary sentence. It said, "Available evidence leaves no doubt that the world, including this nation, faces enormous, urgent, and blah blah blah." problems ahead unless immediate action was taken. Mm -hmm. So Ted actually gave me that as my job description, to get this information out and to the widest possible audience, because this kind of information wasn't being put on television. So that is what I set out to do. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I traveled the world and met the most astonishing people, brought in a lot of other documentary groups, that geo, Audubon, um, working with Ted on them, and Ted brought in Cousteau. And we were making all of these documentaries, but uh, we realized that you know, the, 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 in documentaries you're really speaking to the converted. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not as if uh, a five-year-old kid is going to turn on a documentary on Discovery Channel or on TBS or watch a documentary on CNN. It's not going to happen. Right. And also, people's attitudes aren't going to change. So we talked about making a cartoon for quite a while, and then one day Ted said, Captain Planet. And I said, what is Captain Planet, Ted? He said, that's your problem. <laughs> so it became my problem and also the greatest probably joy in my life, too, to figure out who Captain Planet was. And uh, we, I really didn't want to introduce to the world another male macho superhero, so uh, we counterbalanced Captain Planet. Uh, Captain Planet is really a metaphor for teamwork. Mm -hmm. He doesn't exist without the Planeteers. The Planeteers call him in to do the heavy work, but the Planeteers are actually the real heroes in these episodes. Yeah. So uh, out of Ted's mouth, the words came, and after uh, a, a seven, eight years, 113 episodes of Captain Planet came into existence to follow that. It's just amazing uh, the amount of talent that was involved with this show i was looking over the list of the regulars but then the guest stars was it difficult to get were you involved with that part oh of absolutely getting... um 
we we did the old friends of friend trick. Yeah. And some of the star guests were personal friends of mine that I'd met out in the environmental circuit, as it were. Uh, you know, the 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 known suspects, the usual list of suspects. But then they would outreach to their friends, and it almost became like the in thing to do. Mm-hmm. No one else was using stars for cartoons at that time for animation. Right. So. And plus, it was of the coolest gig in town. Uh, there was a, sort of a revival of, in, the, in 1990, 89, 89, when we recorded the first episodes. We were also involved in the, or the, or the first Earth Summit, the Rio. Actually, it was the second, but the Earth Summit in Rio, I don't know if you're familiar with that, yeah. where all the nations came together to make agreements for a sustainable future. Mm-hmm. So there was a green buzz, if you will. Yeah. So... It wasn't difficult to to reach out to the stars, and many times they reached out to us. Yeah, I mean, because just just so our listeners know, uh, these are just a few of the people who were guests or regulars on the show. There was Whoopi Goldberg, there was Sting, Meg Ryan, Martin Sheen, Ed Asner, James Coburn, Ed Begley Jr., LeVar Burton, Tim Curry, Dean Stockwell, Helen Hunt, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, it went on and on and on. On and on and on, and we had special appearances by some mega movie stars, including Elizabeth Taylor. Wow. We tackled some very uh, difficult is- subjects. It wasn't just an environmental show. It was also a social issues show. Yeah. We did uh, an episode about a, um, a high school basketball player that got uh, AIDS from a blood transfusion, and uh, Elizabeth Taylor played his mom. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. So we had a lot of big-time um, stars come in to do sort of one-offs. Yeah. But I'd say she was probably the biggest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> Doesn't get any bigger than Liz Taylor. Right, yeah. Wow. That's but Ed Bagley was a regular as well. He came on a lot of times. But, you know, the Ed Asner and some of the stars got very busy and I had to be replaced. But my, the two that I, you know, LeVar Burton had, had did the heavy lifting in, tar, in terms of the real true movie stars because yeah. he was also at the same time doing Reading Rainbow and he was doing Star Trek and... Right. Doing all these other things, and it was really quite uh, a job for Lavar to be able to record all 113 episodes as Kwame. Jeez, mm. and we'll, we'll be eternally grateful to Lavar Burton. Oh yeah, and Ed Asner stayed t- to the very end as well. But Hoggish Greedley wasn't in every episode, whereas of course Kwame was. Mm. And an interesting sidebar about Kwame for your listeners is that one of the um, out of this planetier movement. Uh, there's, you know, we have actually networks that are forming all over the world, but one of the networks that formed early on is Ghana. And Ghana, we used to get mail bags of mail, literally every day from Ghana. And the only way we can really figure out why Captain Planet was such a massive hit in Ghana was that Kwame is a Ghanaian name. It's an African Ghanaian name, and uh, it actually means um, Saturday's child. But it's uh, it's amazing the number of fans in Australia. It's amazing the number of fans that are still fans. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. 
you said you were involved with, with the the getting of the the stars and everything. But how also deeply were you involved in the writing or anything like that? Oh, we were Did involved you... in day to day production. Oh, everything. You everything. Really I mean, we were in charge of everything. The buck stopped here. Hmm. So uh, every element of production, from the beginning premises, it would in the early days it would probably take twenty premises or proposals before we could like latch onto one story. That was the hardest time that we had in L.A. because the the environment, the writers had weren't had had not the environmental movement hadn't been in existence long enough for environmental environmental writers to exist. So the toughest thing was turning the uh, these really complex environmental and social issues into action adventure animation. So we had to be very hands on because we were experts. Right. Yeah. We were, we were documentary filmmakers, but you also really knew our stuff because we'd been in it for ten years. Yeah. We knew the subject matter, so we rewrote every word pretty much, hmm. uh, all the way through. The script's about thirty-six pages, and it goes through. One page to three pages to ten pages to thirty pages. Those are the stages of every script. And then you have storyboards, and you have character design, and and backgrounds, and timing, and you have. There are so many elements of animation that it's enough to leave your head spinning. And then you consider that you know you have to do the voice recording, then it gets shipped off to be animated. Think of twenty-six of those going on at the same time. Wow. <laughs> It was it's a, it's it's staggering that we were actually able to do this. I know, jeez. But if you blink, if you miss a beat, if you don't pay attention to every single element, then something will go wrong. Yeah. And the thing, so we were all over it. Yeah, and the we thing, were all over every element of production. Yeah. It, it, like I was saying the, the the thing is that with a normal Saturday cartoon, you let the writers do it and and, and it's it, there's no real you know, you have to get the facts right and everything like that. But oh, we this... brought in other experts. I mean, if we had any doubt, we had a huge board of consulting environmentalists and scientists. Mm -hmm. We even had child psychologists on board. Yeah, yeah. Because we knew that we were really uh, treading into uncharted waters. Right, yeah. With this cartoon, and we really wanted to make it right. Huh. And, and you know, it's, you know, people say, uh, how on earth could you have done this because your background was documentary? Well, I, I, I often comment, like, it's, there's nothing more dangerous than someone who doesn't know what's not possible. Everybody said it was not possible to make a cartoon to appeal to boys and girls, that it was not possible to make a cartoon that worked cross-generationally, that it was not possible to make a cartoon that worked internationally. We did all of those and cross-culturally. We succeeded on all fronts. Yeah. And I think we succeeded simply out of, you know, the sheer force of um, of understanding and knowing these issues and knowing these places. Right, yeah. And it was a very unique team that we had and, uh, you know, the likes of which I don't think will probably ever exist again. <laughs> was the show actually um, dubbed in other languages and shown? Oh, other... absolutely. It was in 26 other languages. 26 other languages. Yeah, it's in almost every language you can find. I mean, you know, all the big ones. Now, is it, now, you know, from Hindi to Arabic, Spanish, yeah. French, Portuguese, you know, a lot of languages. Yeah. Now, of course, the DVD is going to bring it to a whole new generation. I'm also. so excited about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've been waiting a long time for this, and we are doing everything we can. Just, we had a big Twitter party. Uh, we had the world premiere of the DVDs here in Atlanta. We had a big party and screened the episode, the first episode, which is 
ironically about an oil spill that doesn't take place, a man-made oil disaster mm-hmm. that takes place at a, in a nature preserve created by Hoggish Greedley, brought to you by. And uh, that's actually what brings the Planeteers into existence, this horrible eco-disaster that mm-hmm. yep. wakes Gaia up and says it's time for the Planeteers. Yep. So uh, we had a Twitter uh, phenomenal that was just quite amazing. Uh, we tweeted the whole event live, and people were jumping on from all over the world. We gave away eight prizes. We're going to do it again probably. It was so much fun and such a success. So uh, I think that um, the DVDs will be a runaway hit. The the planeteers, the grown-up planeteers themselves, are fascinated by the bonus feature. Uh, Shout has done an excellent job of putting together the story of how Captain Planet came to be. Right, yeah. Not everyone, I'm, I'm pretty much tired of telling the story to everybody. <laughs> you know, I'll tell it a few more times, you know, for interviews, but it's a, it's a long story, and um, telling it to everyone, it personally, is, is very time-consuming. Right, yes. So you can get the whole story and the whole shooting match and see a lot of them, and meet and see a lot of the original people that contributed to this, to the making of Captain Planet. And what's very interesting, and one of the, the producers shout that created these bonus features, uh, what he said in his all his years of experience of making bonus features, he had never seen uh, people coming back to a production twenty years later saying that it was the it was the most important production that they ever worked on, and seeing people be so passionate about about this work yeah. that they did. Yeah. That it not only changed uh, a generation of children, but it changed their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Twenty years later, it's still in people's minds and in their hearts, and and people just love to go back and look at those things. Well, ultimately, what we would really like to see, Captain Planet. The reason that Captain Planet had an impact on this generation uh, is because it, they were able to see and learn. These this wasn't a hit you over the head with messages kind of program. Right. Yeah. The messages and the environmental information was woven in as and very smooth, very very easy to watch. So if you watch the 113 of these episodes, you know things right. that other people simply don't know, other generations don't know, and uh, there are these you have an, an instinctive knowledge of uh, a lot of global issues that people five years older than this generation or ten years older wouldn't have a clue about. And that's why it's so important to bring this back to the next generation. Because these planeteers are now having children. And Captain Planet is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the easiest lesson plan uh, if you want young people to get a really good, solid, and true understanding and fact-based understanding. We recently discovered a, a study that had been done five years ago on Captain Planet and it was, he was, they rated Captain Planet, it's a social science study, and it was a paper that was presented at, a, at an academic conference. And basically, they studied in depth the series and rated Captain Planet as really the best environmental education that one could possibly get, and also fact based, which is, you know, the, the people that try to uh, undermine Captain Planet, if you will. They say it's based on factual fa- on factual fantasy. And, you know, what I have to say to that is do your research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the environmental facts that we put forth 20 years ago are as true today as they were then. True. So I will put the facts up against 
the uh, the people that want to deny that environment is an issue any day of the week, and we have non-biased third-party proof that this is the case. It's not just me saying this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's you know the detractors say oh environmental propaganda, yeah. and to that I say read a book. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's a great it's a great way. We're so excited, and we do hope that this season one is a huge success because it, it, then they'll bring out seasons two, three, and then the, my favorite seasons actually are seasons four, five, and six. Really? Why? Why is that? Well, we switched uh, production companies, and we have we were we got, although the stories are great in all of them. Uh, there's a, there's a signature when you're coming out of Hanna Barbera. Yeah. When you go to Hanna-Barbera, there's only one Hanna-Barbera. Mm -hmm. And when we were able to produce the last few seasons out of Hanna-Barbera, there's just a difference, that's all. Now, was there ever any talk of bringing the, the show back and making new episodes or anything? Oh, yes, and unfortunately, um, we got lost in a takeover. Uh, we had, and I'm a victim, to two, I'm a two-time victim of takeovers. The, the first one was, um, I don't know if you... I, Maybe the, the people listening don't understand really how takeovers work. I didn't myself until it happened to me. But basically, redundancies are eliminated. So when Time Warner bought or merged with or whatever happened, yeah. uh, the CNN Turner entities, mm -hmm. then Turner Pictures was considered redundant. So New Line survived, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. We didn't. Oh. And Captain Planet was a fully developed feature film that had the green light. Wow. We were going into production. We developed the feature film for three years, and it was stunning. It would have set new standards for the animation business back in 1998. Mm -hmm. And after that, the plan was, of course, to do um, the next generation of Planeteers, just as is done. Yep. But when the rug got pulled out from underneath us, on that one uh and then of course ted got fired himself in 2000 and shortly thereafter my department was eliminated the company lost interest in environmental issues and content and programming it is coming back now there's a resurgence in the company for environmental programming but it's been 10 years yeah. and it's a 10-year hole and, and that is the same thing i feel about captain planet there's a 10-year gap Actually, twelve. Really, it was back on cartoon for a little bit in, um, at the, you know, in the early two thousands, one, two, there, in, thereabouts. But it really needs to be back on the air. And the, but for for Captain Planet to come back on the air, there are a lot of television stations that want it all over the world. That the DVDs um, really must be successful, so that the the powers that be. <laughs> Uh, will think it's worth their while to go ahead and re-release Captain Planet back out into the market. Yeah, well, that would be great. Yeah. Wouldn't it be? Yes, jeez. I'm sure it's going to do great. Uh, I'd like to finish up with two last questions. Probably. Sure, Brian. Uh, and they're actually nothing to do with what we've been talking about. It's more of a personal thing about you. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> nothing bad. Um, uh, of all TV shows, what are your favorite TV shows? Oh, that's time? easy. I am a huge fan of Norman Lear. Ah, okay. And Norman Lear, I consider the 
the godfather of using television for social change. Mm -hmm. yes, and that's for sure. um, all in the family, the things that he did with his characters in the 70s mm -hmm. to uh, attack social mores and to bring issues to light about um, injustices and and justices and all the all that. I mean, I, I love Norman Lear's work. Yes, I think he's a master. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know if did you mean contemporary or of, in all oh, time? Just whatever you like. That's what you know. That is my favorite of all time. Yeah. What about movies? What's your favorite movies? Oh, movies! I kind of like all movies. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I you know I just don't really have a favorite movie. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I, mean, I, I can no movie pops out as wow. That's my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Ted Ted has a favorite movie, and that's Gone with the Wind, of course. Of course, yes. <laughs> but I don't actually have a favorite movie. Hmm. I, you know, I I like a lot of this new stuff that's that's on HBO. I think a lot of that's very well done. Um, the the television series they're doing they, they do so beautifully. You know, I even like True Blood. What can I tell you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, it's so fun to watch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, but can, right now, I have to tell you, I don't think I've actually had time to go into a movie house in a couple of years. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I actually put down the money and walked into a movie, which is really sad. I need that. We need to change that. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, getting back to Captain Planet, uh, if anybody would want, it, on our website, we're going to put a link to wherever you say, so what would be the place, if somebody wanted to go and get information about Captain Planet or you, yourself, or something, what would be the best link that I could put on the website? Go to the Planeteer Movement. Planeteer Movement? Is that Planeteer yes, Movement? Yes, it's got its own website. CaptainPlanet.me. Dot me? Dot me. M-E? Dot M-E. Okay, all right. That is the Planeteer Movement, and that's where they'll find all the latest information about what's going on with Captain Planet. Great. We will put a link on our site, and uh, I wish you luck with this. I know it's going to do great, and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Power is yours. And I want to thank Barbara Pyle so much for taking the time to talk to us. She's got a lot of stories about Captain Planet and all that stuff. And uh, it's just, just so interesting to hear those. And be sure to check out Captain Planet and the Planeteers out on DVD on Tuesday, April 19th. Check out all the DVDs coming your way from shoutfactory.com. You can go to them and see what they got. They get a lot of great stuff. you got to really check that one out. And that's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. Uh -huh.